Hey guys, welcome to the debrief after episode with uh, Sri Ram. So that was our first conversation with with Sri. Actually, I've talked to him before, David. I don't know. Have you ever talked that to Sri Ram? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you said in before we hit the record button, like you you felt like you knew him already, though. Where had you been exposed yeah. to him? Like on Twitter or something, or just various circles? You'd heard his name, or yeah, on, on Twitter, seen him on YouTube a few times, and he's also just got the face and the voice and the uh mannerisms of of talking that like there's only one of him like yeah yeah he's a very unique guy yeah so uh i think you really appreciated this episode what what did you enjoy the most out of this episode yeah well like in the intro when we were talking uh sri many many guests say this when they come on to a podcast they're like i hope i do well i hope i talk good i hope i don't (laughs) mess this up yeah please please edit if i screw up please yeah (laughs) just edit whatever you want out and i'm like (laughs) sri ram uh you are a podcaster anytime that we have a podcaster on the podcast it is always good and that was the podcast that we then recorded after saying that to him right before we hit the record button was exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> like that was, I love interviewing podcasters. It's so easy. So, okay. Let, let me just ask you a question. I don't know why I'm asking this, but it's top of my mind. So say a Bitcoin maximalist listens to this episode. What, what are they going to walk away from this episode with? I mean, my question to you is like um, this whole term web three, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that aren't yet believers in this term, they think it's a lot of fluff, a lot of crap. They think it's right. more like I, I feel like Andreessen Horowitz's surface area for A sixteen is actually a poster yeah. child uh, for this, right. right? And that yeah. that's where Street Rums uh, is a GP. Right. Do you remember when Jack Dorsey tweeted out was like a a fat like a overweight uh, right. uh, cartoon character with some sort of pipe in his mouth, mm-hmm. slurping down all of the kind of the retail right. uh, so values are getting drops. And this is Web three, right? Web three is this pipe. All of this pipe is just funneling water right into this fat man's mouth, and then there's this poor fan. A sixteen Z is yeah. yes, is the is the fat man's right. mouth. It's right. kind of like feeding off of all of this uh, uh, fervor and and using Web three. I I felt like that was like almost like just just after peak Web three. I feel like the term right. Web three is kind like of taken a nosedive after that. NFTs were super hot. DeFi was super hot. <laughs> Web three was a t- was a brand new term. People really didn't like the term Web three. This is when like you know how like VCs are pivoting into AI now. Yeah. That's when like every VC was starting to become like a Web three VC just because it was in vogue at the moment. So then yeah. there was like the pushbacks, the the anti the haters. The narrative there. at that time had hit its climax for yes. for, for Web three, and then it was on the decline. But so I guess my question is: Is there still something here? Is there something in Web three that um, you believe in? Like, what? you asking well, me this question? Yeah, I'm asking you this question because of there, there, there is what. <laughs> But there are a lot of um, crypto. What do we do even. this podcast? Well, I, you could embrace the term crypto rather than Web three. Oh, okay. What I'm asking you're, you're talking is, about the term? I'm talking about the term or the meme or like oh, decentralized yeah. social. Decentral. I mean, face it, decentralized social still hasn't picked up yet, right? So even like an app like Lens or Farcaster, mm-hmm. a very small niche. I mean, it's not coming yeah. to Facebook's launch anytime soon, right. and. I guess what I'm saying is I'm putting my crypto, uh, you know, or my, my Web3 critic hat on and I'm asking you, like, what do you think of this term Web3? Do you think that there is something there? Yeah. Um, I think it's Web3 social. So like Lens, Farcaster, you know, pick your favorite platform, even though there's not too many. 
um, they're like, man, comparing those things to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they're just nothing. They're specks of dust. They they haven't even hit one percent of like eating close, fa Facebook's market share. Yeah. And I think these Web three platforms are in this unlucky position that Web two platforms already exist, and so that like they have to. It's literally a David versus Goliath story. But this is something that Sri Ram said in the podcast that Web two doesn't have to lose in order for Web three to win. Like I think Lens and Farcaster are massively successful in of their own right. And then if you go and compare them to Facebook, it's like, well, yeah, like, there's still nothing. But they're they still very successful. successful? They're, they're, they're just starting, though. They're still niche applications. What, like, how do you I measure? any founder, if you're Dan Romero and you're building Farcaster in a vacuum and you don't have Facebook to, or Instagram to compare to, like Farcaster is a huge success. I mean, I, this is a hard question to understand because, like, well, if Facebook and then if those things didn't exist, then, like, of course it's a success. It's a paradigm shift because they're creating social media. But the, the point is, is that, like, they are successful. They are getting traction. There are casts going out right now. I guess what I'm wondering is if you think that if there's some element of you that thinks that these are still Me Too applications, they just mm -hmm. added decentralization on top ah. of it. And there's, it's just like, I mean, if you look at the... The UX of um, again, I'm I'm putting on my my critic hat for a second here, just because I don't know why I'm in the mood. Um, if you look at something like Farcaster or Lens, the interface is Twitter. It's Twitter, except it's decentralized, yeah. and there's some NFT features. Right. And my question is, is that enough? So for me, David, I okay. still find I myself think... using Twitter. And this right. is you, Sri Ram. We were like, hey, is you know, is Twitter dead? Is it? And he's like, it's not dead actually. Like it's actually doing fairly well. And even the people who complain about Twitter, they're logging they're into Twitter, Twitter to complain, aren't they? Right. And I'm still using Twitter. Um, I know you're still using Twitter. And you're not using these Web2, Web3 web right. social apps to that extent. So that's why I'm asking you, like, are you worried that it's still sort of a niche and it's not differentiated enough to actually bring in kind of a mass and become part of like, you know, people's daily routine? What do you think about this? Well, I think this goes back to the conversation that we were having with Sriram. I think you and I, who have very large Twitter followings, are going to be the most difficult people to get to migrate out of Twitter because we are so entrenched. We are we are the boomers of Twitter because like how how entrenched you are is a function of how much network effects you have in this already pre existing app. And so like there are people who are growing their 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 who are digging their foxhole, digging in in Farcaster. And they are being the Farcaster influencer. And so to one degree, like the success of Farcaster is a function of like the unique people that do log into Farcaster and they are the most successful on Farcaster than they've been on every other social media platform. Um, and so like, I remember when I was, when I first downloaded Twitter in like late 2017, early 2018, because of crypto, uh, crypto Twitter was um, fertile and empty. And growing a voice there was easier than it was in every other, in, than it was for me with Instagram. I'm not really like an Instagram heavy person. I never really succeed there. Same thing with Facebook or Reddit. But Twitter, crypto Twitter specifically, was my fertile ground. Uh, and so I don't, and so you're saying that like, well, yeah, Farcaster is just like a Twitter clone, man. Yes. Uh, but the community is novel. And so it's only just, just because it operates like Twitter is only one half of the equation. The other half of the equation is like, all right, who is, what's the soul of the community that's there? And 
why does that community find themselves there and what's the purpose that they find themselves there? Because that is the other half of social media is like, what is the social graph that's there? And is that a unique and valuable social graph? Because if Farcaster just, if, if Farcaster is just a Twitter clone, but it brings out its own unique, authentic social graph by the nature of what it is, that's a success metric. How do you like that answer? Yeah, I think that, that that's the most interesting part of, well, mo- one of the m- most interesting takeaways for me from the discussion we just had with Sriram is this, this idea that it always starts with the cool kids. It's status right. as a service at first. And even like Facebook launched on Ivy League college campuses. Those are the cool kids for the time. And like mm-hmm. his story about um, Snapchat, like actually building, um, you know, adult repellent features, like <laughs> it's just hilarious to me because no, we don't want like, our, your pa- we don't want it, like parents on the on the app. We want to make it intentionally hard for them. We want to start with kind of a a cool kid niche and, you don't want and your expand mom outward. Taking a duck face photo. Well, really, like, and and so it's just not cool if mom's on it, right? So yeah, mom can't not. be the first. It has to be like you know, LA influencers or whatever. And mm-hmm. so that that was um, I, I kind of wonder what a. I mean, the big lesson to me is it's all about the the creators, isn't it? And if you give creators sort of enough incentive and you get the right cohort there then i do think you can smash through um you know network effect i i will say like uh i know as being a try, trying to play the role of um you know cynic or being critical going into this but i've actually been never been more bullish on web3 social than i am now i don't know about you david but like i'm feeling um twitter's becoming at least for me increasingly unusable <laughs> and unpleasant so i'm i'm like actually using it more and more as uh broadcast just like uh write only no read yeah just tweet the thing and then get out because (laughs) there's a combination of like there's just i don't know who's a human and who's not is a big thing um and then it's just it's so like it's just so coliseum right now it's gladiator fights yeah that i've definitely noticed that myself recently and like i've been i had big fights over this last weekend i definitely instigated them uh, and so like, uh, the last like two days I've been picking up my phone, seeing a message, seeing somebody reply to me and I'm like, Oh no, I got to reply to that. Cause they're wrong. And I need to like, I am arguing with them, but I'm like, Oh, they're wrong. I would like to, you know, give them my perspective so I can help them along. But no, that's my own disposition is just like a little bit antagonist. And yeah. I don't know, maybe Twitter has brought that out of me and it might be in like, an antagonistic death spiral, maybe death spiral is a strong word, but just like maybe the culture no. of Twitter is that that is a place There's of antagonism. There's something there. There's something right. there in the culture of Twitter and also in the way that like we kind fight of, here. This is where yeah, we fight. This is where we fight and where the algorithm you know, kind of surfaces. And there, there's this mental model that um, has been interesting to me uh, from, uh, you know, I've been telling you about Tim Urban. He's coming on the podcast soon, right? From his book um, about like how societies fail. Anyway, he has this mental model of like, there's high rung thinking and there's low rung thinking, basically, and that the low rung thinking is sort of, you, it's really it's really all about the the coliseum and you're attacking the person, you're not attacking the arguments, you're you're not actually like um, using rationality and like you're just there to sort of win the battle and have the coliseum kind of clap and cheer for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about it's not about truth, it's not about debating about something on its merits. And I feel like the whole culture algorithm, the thing that is set up on Twitter is very much rewards uh, low rung tweets. So it's just, it's not even about now um, being honest necessarily or 
having a good back and forth debate where both parties go away and learn something, it's just like one tribe scores a point, like mm -hmm. point system, right? You won, you made this other person look bad, you got in the zinger tweet, you posted the meme that just like cut deep. You, got the, you dunked so hard. Yeah, you dunked so hard. And so, <laughs> and like, that's, that's the game of Twitter right now. And I just increasingly been like, ugh, it wasn't, it, it's always been that way a little bit, but it's gotten worse. And I don't know why, look, man, it could be that the culture of just society and, you know, where we all are in 2023, but I think there's actually some factors there in the underlying algorithm. If you go on Farcaster, dude, like spend some time on Farcaster. It's peaceful. It's, it's quiet. so normal. It's, it's like so quiet. I'm like, oh my God, this is, if it felt like to me, Twitter back in like, um, the very beginning times, like the late 2000s. That was my reaction when I first like logged in there. I was like, man, there's, where's the action? Like, <laughs> it's so where, boring. Where are people fighting? Well, people are actually having like, and so, yeah, part of me wonders if, uh, I'm, imagine if you just rewired the Twitter algo for like, not mm -hmm. for attention or dunking or, or zingers or whatever, but like towards high rung conversations, right? It's just like there's some sort of algorithm. Maybe it's just like, you like the tweet or you upvote the tweet if this person was presented a good faith argument. Do you know what I mean? Like something like that. And so mm -hmm. that sort of content rose to the top rather than all the dunks. Anyway, I guess I'm just saying overall, I am increasingly jaded with Web2 Social. <laughs> I'm looking for something new. And um, I've, I, I think the, the Web3 platforms are much more developed than they ever have been. And I'm hopefully, hopeful they can fill a, fill a gap. So in 2023, I'm going to be spending some more time there, like Farcaster, Lens, and other places. Um, okay, but I I'm can't gonna, completely gonna... abandon it. Right, finish your thought. I just can't completely abandon, you know, you know the the network and web two because everyone's on there well yeah if you are writing only and using twitter for distribution only then like you're using it for the best reasons that it exists for you personally um so i think we should switch the roles here and i'll i'll put on my web two bull case hat okay. uh and you you can be devil's advocate for the other side um there's a part in this podcast where um Sri Ram was kind of going through his like wish list or checklist for like how web two needs to fix itself what it needs to do uh, I can't like open source its algorithm, yeah, basically. Open source the algorithm, like give more transparency to make sure that like people decision making process and censorship, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, censor have some sort of censorship resistance. Um, more, I can't remember if he said more clients or something or not, but like he, you guys were talking. This was you, you, this was you and him talking, and uh, it was like four things I think uh, mm -hmm. that I counted. Yeah, and uh, I was gonna cut in, but but then the conversation moved on. But I was like. Hey guys, uh, you guys know you're talking about like Web three, right? Like those are those are all Web three properties that you guys are yeah. talking about right there. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, but the point, the culmination of that conversation, Sri Ram was like, "And these are totally doable, not hard updates to Web two. So my bull case for Web two, my bear case for Web three, is that Farcaster becomes successful. It's got all of these cool algorithms that you could upload and change your feed as you see fit, and Instagram and Twitter start to take notice and they're like, oh, this is this is the new game. We can do this. Like it's we're gonna have to cannibalize our, ourselves, but that's we'll do that. That's what it takes. And then Twitter gets like, upload your own algorithm and develop our API for an algorithm and we'll we'll unleak unlock unlock that. Oh, more transparency as to like um, shadow banning versus blocking. Like, yeah, okay, we could we can do that. And all of a sudden, like 
this is like a kind of a bull case for humanity, but bear case for crypto is that crypto comes in. It moves the overton window and says like, this is the new frontier of what you can do. And Web2 is like, okay, we'll do most of that and retain all of our network effects, retain everything, all of the value. Thanks crypto for merely existing, but you'll retain, well, you'll remain a niche. And all you really did was pulled Web2 towards Web3, but never actually made Web3 successful. That's my, that's my bear case for Web3. You know, that argument kind of reminds me of like, um, well, crypto as an exit uh, will put a check on the Fed. Right. And make it such that central bankers and like the banking system. We um, talked about this with opaque. Polenia as well. Yeah. We were like, oh yeah, crypto is going to offer an option, but Polenia is still bullish on TradFi just getting better. Yeah. See, I just, I, I, that's not the pattern I've seen. Like, I, I've just, I've, I rarely see that working out. I, I think that's like, it could happen. It's not a zero probability event, but it's just so much, you know, for the same reasons Sriram mentioned, you know, um, who do you mention? Like Vin Diesel's maybe a big deal on F Facebook, or it was at some uh, point in time, but he's not a big deal on like TikTok, right? There's some new influencer who really makes that medium their own, and like, you know, does that in a unique way. Or like, um, it, it, the broadcast media people, the NBC influencer types that were sort of you know of of our parents' generation, totally different cohort that's popular on on YouTube, right? A whole new class like the internet native um, kind of like broadcaster. And, and I think it, you have to start with sort of the, ba the base principles and the protocols that bake decentralization into, into their core are, are just going to have a far better time exceeding it. It's like almost like a, a Twitter, but with sprinkling some decentralization, almost reminds me of like the BlockFi's of the world and the Celsius's of the world of like, if you're gonna do that, just go all the way def like if you're gonna do the thing with crypt with crypto, you may as well go all on chain, all DeFi in order to get the most value out of it. Like the center doesn't hold. I mean, that would be kind of my argument against why I don't think a, a Twitter will be able to open source its stuff and write the ship and give others access to build clients on top of it and turn into a protocol. I mean, Jack Dorsey has I, I feel like he said this before, like, I, I really wish I wanted to turn uh, Twitter into protocol. I just couldn't. If he couldn't, he's one of the founders of the company. Uh, and if Elon isn't seeming to, like, he's doing tweaks on the existing model. He's not ripping the whole thing out and, and replacing. I just don't see it happening anywhere. I, I think it's more likely to happen in a, in a Web3 world that, that, you know, starts this from, uh, from the bottom up. Yeah. Okay. So now, now taking off my Web2 hat, bull, uh, bull hat, putting on my Web3 bull hat. Um, the, uh, there, oh, I've said this line a number of times on Bankless. Uh, so I, I, I think three times Bankless Nation tweet at me how many times you remember me saying this line, uh, science progresses one grave at a time. And you can apply that even further, just like social media platforms progress one generation at a time. And so maybe what we need in our web three protocols is just a new younger set of people. You know how like we joke, like you're the elder millennial and I'm the younger millennial. Yes. Well, right now we have the elder zoomers. And I bet you the younger Zoomers that are soon to be coming of age to where elder Zoomers were previously, maybe they're Web3 social only, right? Like maybe that's maybe well, that's don't you how think, this Dave, develops. David, so um, a whole bunch of Zoomer TikTokers, right? Because that's a very popular um, platform in that age demographic. They're about to get rugged. By who? The US yeah. freaking government. Yeah. <laughs> I, imagine spending... <laughs> 
imagine spending like years of your formative teenager years becoming like a TikTok influencer, get, mm-hmm. getting like hundreds of thousands, millions of, of TikTok followers, and then getting rugged by the US right. government because it's right. now illegal in your country. Vitalik right? got rugged by Blizzard, but an entire generation got their favorite app rugged by government. Right? And like, <laughs> look, the US says they have reasons for doing it and like sure let's assume do. that's all true you know the ccp is is mining data on all like american teenagers and of course that's a bad thing it doesn't matter if you've sort of invested your influencer right. career on this platform you get rugged yeah you don't care you you're don't like, want oh, that to happen the ccp again. was was harvesting okay i get it no you're mad about your app i, I don't know maybe something comes out of that and and you know they they get sort of a your bit more tiktok do I use TikTok? No, your kids. Oh, to- yeah. TikTok and, and and Snapchat are really the platforms yeah. my kids use, but yeah, they don't like they have no respect for Twitter. That's just like boomer town to them. <laughs> no respect for Twitter. Instagram is a thing still, but and obviously, you know, Facebook hasn't been a thing for a while, I think. Right, yeah. But yeah, that's no what far, it takes. No forecaster, huh? <laughs> One rug at a time to become right. like more more rugless. But but somebody has to build the app. That this is my point, is like you can't just build the app for uh decentralization maxis <laughs> that's not enough right. you have to you do something that is exactly um what else anything else from this episode that was great man i really enjoyed it great guys time. i think super, we'll end it there. super humble and authentic guy and you can tell yeah yeah good good wholesome individual i loved i loved his story too his kind of life story of um yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i just i i'm a sucker for the life mission you know like why are you here oh it's mm-hmm. it's because I had the ladder of the internet and I want to preserve that ladder for future generations. That, that's why. And that, that goes to the very heart of what crypto is. Like I, we, we wrote this blog post about like um, Bankless's layer zero technology. Like what is crypto here to do? It's here to um, build a system of prosperity and wealth that's independent from the financial system because that financial system is not passing that wealth down. Yeah. And so we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build more legs of the ladder and what Bankless is trying to do, what we are trying to do, people who understand like things like public goods and open source protocols and all this kind of stuff, crypto is at risk of building new legs of the new rungs of the ladder that Web2 never built, that TradFi never built, so that we can get some wealth. Thank, so thank God for crypto. But what crypto could become or could not become if we get it wrong is that we make two or three more rungs and then like the Zoomers and millennials get on the ladder, but no one below them. What crypto needs to become is an endless ladder that self-perpetuates, which is what Evan Infinite ladder. Kevin Owaki calls a regenerative finance. Yeah. Rungs of the ladder grow and grow and grow so that there's always more ladder to latch onto and no yeah. one yoinks the ladder up. For me. Yeah, yeah. That's- and so like Sri Ram's here uh, for, I think, a very core reason of why crypto exists in the first place. Yeah, well said. You know that line Balaji says, like, um, the, internet, um, the internet is the new America? It's mm-hmm. it's kind of this idea of um, the inter- the internet is kind of the American dream now, where you can start from anywhere, small town in India, in rural India, and kind of because of this technology, because of this this network effect, and because of what you can build, you can you can rise up and use your talents, and that human potential can be realized, and you can do anything here. And uh, I really hope we preserve that, and I think we lost some of that in Web two, and uh, it's worth reclaiming in in Web three, decentralized open protocols, anyone can build on. Build build your own banking system, you know, like financial, like trading engine in a you know small town in in rural wherever you live, um, like that's that's what this can uh, unlock. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm here for that reason too. Cool. Done. There you go. 
Bankless Nation, thank you for being a citizen. We certainly appreciate you. See you later. Peace.